today and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Hello. So we've been talking about growing the last couple of months. We've had, we've had three, and this is the last one in our Grow series. And, uh, you know, the scripture that we've, been, that we've been speaking from has been Romans 12, 1 and 2. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's a powerful verse, isn't it? It's a verse that challenges us deeply. So we've out of that, you know, we've we've talked about, you know, the first week we spoke about, I am all in. I want to love God. I want to find the joy, my peace in life out of everything that I am. The Bible says, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we talked about loving God with all of your intentions, loving Him with all of your affections, loving Him with all of your abilities, and loving Him with all of your imagination. This is, we, I, we encourage you to be all in in your faith. See, we, it's loving God is about finding your joy in God. It's about discovering everything of, that, is, that is valuable in life in God, in all of those areas. See, sometimes we find parts of our, our, our um, peace in God. He wants us to find all of our goodness in Him. He wants us to be all in. And then we talked about being authentic. He wants us to be our public and our private life to be the same. He doesn't want us to be, to be speaking differently when we're, when we're at home than when we're with our brothers and sisters. He wants us to be authentic. We, 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 he wants us to, to, to own our identity 24-7. He wants us to be completely authentic. And then Kristen shared last week on the part of growth, which is service. I heard a great statement that she made that was someone posted online that said, if you're, you know, if you're in a community and you're not serving, you're a guest. Wow. If you're serving in a community, you're part of the family. See, he wants us to understand that we need to be intentional, unconditionally community-creating community creating servers. And it's a key part of our growth. See, it's one thing getting, getting blessed and getting information, but it's another thing being a conduit of that to those in your world. And that's as we release the goodness of God through serving, like Anita spoke about this morning, that we grow even further. See, sometimes you're struggling to get the revelation of something. God's going, well, if you go in my name, if you serve in my name, you will grow like you've never grown before. And today is about reproducing. Today is about reproducing. See, God, is, he's called us. He said it from the very beginning. He says, be fruitful and multiply. He says, what I've asked you to do in the natural, I also want you to do in the spiritual. And when, so when, when God created us, he said, be fruitful. And when Jesus left, left us, he says, go and make disciples. He says, go and be witnesses. He's called us to be fruitful. He's called us to reproduce. 
Now, here's the challenge. The challenge is, is you need to know where God has been fruitful in your own life. You know, for me, I'm a second or maybe even a third generation Christian. And uh, sometimes you've got to, when, you're, when, you've, when you're, you have in, inherited a hope, sometimes it's hard to see where it's impacted your life. It's very clear for a first-generation Christian to discuss the impact of God's goodness in their life. It's very easy for, for us to see a very clear transition between the ways of God and the ways of this earth. So it's important for each of you, no matter where you've come from, no matter whether you've inherited your faith, no matter whether you've discovered your faith, God wants you to know that there is a spiritual story that is valid and that people, that people want to hear. You have a story. I have a story. And I've thought about it. And I think God wants you to encourage you to really think about your spiritual journey. Because a key part of you reproducing is knowing where God has impacted your life. It's about knowing what's your spiritual journey. We know our physical journey. We were born, we grew up, we got married, we didn't get married, we had children, we didn't have children, we got a job. We, we, we bought a house, we didn't buy a house, we got a car, we got this car. We, that's our physical journey. God says, what's your spiritual journey? He wants you to know what it is. He wants you to think about it. When I think about my journey, you know, it's, it's, it was really a journey of rebellion. You know, I want to encourage the rebels this morning because there's a leader in you waiting to get out. See, God gave me the gift of disagreement. I can talk to any of you and guaranteed I'll pretty well disagree with everything that you've got to say because I want you to agree with me. And uh, obviously God's given me the blessing of knowing what's right and for you the blessing of listening to what's right. The next part of my journey was repentance. Can you see how I got to that point? See, sometimes when, when the, the goodness of God that is in you is revealed through selfishness, it comes out in the negative form. See, God had called me to be a leader and an influencer, but because I was selfish, it came out in rebellion. See, if you seem to find yourself disagreeing with everybody, it probably means you're a leader. If you struggle with authority, it probably means you're a leader. And the way that we deal with, with those things in our lives is we humble ourselves. And like Kristen said last week, we serve. And it's as you learn to serve, as you deny yourself, as you deny the fact that you disagree with everyone and serve someone else's vision, that God will raise up his goodness within you and promote you. See, God is a God of promotion. He is dying to bless you with promotion. He's dying to, to release more of his goodness, more of his favor, more of his blessing, but he needs you to deny yourself first. I really believe that God has given me a ministry of repentance. I seem to, when I look back at my story, I see it's, you know, it's, it's been a journey of repentance to the point now where I love it. I see the liberty in it. And some, you know, there's sometimes in life they would say, when you study psychology, they would say, you would spend a lot of your time making decisions emotionally and then the rest of your life trying to logically defend those decisions. And God's going, well, you're going to make a lot of decisions out of the flesh and then you, from then on you need to repent of those decisions and get free from them. 
See, the problem with pride, this is why God says be humble. The problem with pride is it causes us to defend things that we don't even want to defend. We're just defending them because we made those decisions. God wants you to know your story. He wants you to look back at your life and go, what is my story? You see, after repentance, I experienced forgiveness. And if I look back at my life and I look at the people that I have hurt and the people that, I, that I've influenced in a negative way, the people that, in, in, that I have led astray in my rebellion, you know, it could cripple my heart. It could cripple my mind. But there's this thing that God has given me and it's called forgiveness, which leads on to redemption. And here's the thing now. After repentance... After I repented and continually repent, I get this experience of this, this redemptive power. And do you know the evidence of re- the redemptive power in your life is you get to see with new eyes. See, the problem with defending the decisions that you have made in the past is that you are always tied to those decisions. The beauty of repentance is you get to look at a fresh thing, a fresh day, a fresh opportunity. And he wants you to look with fresh eyes. And there's a liberty in repentance that you wouldn't believe. Every time I say something naughty about Kristen uh, from the pulpit, somebody after church reminds me of that and I repent. (laughs) You can imagine every time it happens. And uh, obviously I haven't learned that lesson yet. And there's 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 a fleshliness that God's trying to cut off. So I keep, I keep repenting. And you know, do you know the beauty of God? We can do it every day. Like I've said before, sometimes I do it in advance. I repent in advance for anything that I may say that offends you today. Because God wants us to be people who are free. And the, the whole thing I'm getting at here is that we have a story that God is a part of. And it's not about a point in time where you discovered God. It's about every day that God is invading your life. So when you think about your story, it's not about a point in time where you, where you discovered God. That is part of your story. But it's every day discovering more of God. So if we're going to reproduce, we need to know what God has already done in us. And when I think about my story, I understand that it's not just my story, it's our story. When you talk about your faith, you're talking about your family's faith. When we talk, about, when we talk to people, and people, people love us, isn't it funny? You know, when I met Kristen, here's one of those things I'm going to repent of later, and... When I met Kristen, she was great. And then I met her family. And they were fantastic. Isn't it funny, though? We tend to do that, don't we? People meet us, and then we bring them to church, and we go, oh, don't we? watch out for that guy. That guy, is, you know, he's a bit of a worry. That guy there, you know, he's cool, but, you know. You know. And uh, here's the thing. Your story and my story and our story are the same story. So you, 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 when, you, when, you look, when, you, when you look at being part of a community, 
This is what God has called people to. They've called people to a community. They've called people to, to not meet God just through you. They've called to, to meet God and be part of your community. This is why we talked about service before we talked about reproduction because when we, when we serve together, our story becomes our story. My story and your story become the same story. And it's by our love for one another. It's by my ability to repent and your ability to forgive and vice versa that we become a community that maintains the unity of the Spirit. And it's in the unity of the Spirit that people are discipled. See, people might have meet God through you, but they'll be discipled in a community. And it's as we commit to a community that we see disciples being made. So ask yourself, what's your story? Have you thought about it? Have you thought about your life and, and the spiritual journey that you've been upon? Sometimes we look at the physical journey and we see the ups and downs of our physical journey and we go, Lord, bless me with this. Lord, help me get through this. But look at your spiritual journey. Look at the fruit of the Spirit. Am I more patient today than I was a year ago? Have I got more self-control today than I had a year ago? This is your spiritual journey. This is, how we, this is how we glorify God. Why don't you turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 to 9. The Corinthian church... At this point, where there was two, two key guys. One of them was the Apostle Paul and one of them was Apollos. And people were kind of attaching themselves to a person. They were either saying, oh, we're with Paul, and the other guys were saying, oh, we're with Apollos. So Paul says, to this, says this to them in a letter. He says, who do you think Paul is anyway? Or Apollos, for that matter. Servants, both of us. Servants who waited on you, Gradually, as you gradually learned to entrust your lives to our mutual master. We each carried out our servant assignment. I planted the seed. Apollos watered the seed. Apollos watered the plant, sorry. But God made you grow. It is not the one who plants or the one who waters who is at the center of this process, but God who makes things grow. Planting and watering are menial servant jobs at minimum wages. What makes them worth doing is the God we are serving. You happen to be the field in which we are working. Today I want to look at this from the perspective of of making disciples. See, one of the challenges that we have when it comes to being people who reproduce is that we tend to think that we don't have a valid enough story to be a part of the process. We don't, have, we don't have the ability to share our faith with someone. We don't have the ability to discuss the things of God with someone. And God's going, look, don't worry about it. I've given you this simple process, the process of a garden. And we've got it in our garden at home. We've got these uh, plants called yuccas. Everyone know what a yucca is? And uh, they grow quite tall and uh, amazingly well in this climate. And so there'll be a one. It might grow to a couple of metres tall, and then I'll just chop it off at the ground. And then I'll get 
peel all the, the majority of the, the leaves off it and then I'll cut it into about 10 pieces, about 6 inches long. And then I'll take all of those pieces, I'll plant them in the ground, water them, and then amazingly another yucca grows in all of those places. How does it grow? I have no idea. I'm sure there's some scientific people here that understand the process of photosynthesis and, and um, whatever all those other cool words are. I don't. But here's the thing that I have. Because I'm aware of the situation, I have a faith that when I plant it and when I water it, another yucca is going to grow. I have a faith. And this is what... This is what Um, God has called us to do as far as reproducing, as far as making disciples. He's saying, don't worry about how it's going to all work. He's going, I've given you very simple menial tasks. One of them's planting seeds and one of them's watering. Beyond that, you know, it's time for you to walk away and allow me to do the business of growth. See, what happens sometimes in the natural is we want people to grow so much that we convince them into believing in Christ. Let me just tell you this. If you convince someone into it, someone else can convince someone out of it. If you take the responsibility of growth away from God, they're growing in your name and not in his name. So God has called you to do very simple things. He's called you to plant seeds. He's called you to water those seeds. And then he's called you to pray and allow his Holy Spirit to be on that life. We're not called to convince people. We're called to plant seeds and to water them. And this is why your story is so important. It's very interesting that he says, um, you are the field. He's talking to, to the Corinthian church. They were the field. The people are the field that which we plant seeds and which we water them. And I want to give you a very simple three-step strategy that you can use. It's not the be-all and end-all, but it's a simple strategy. It's about understanding your field. It's about planting a seed and it's about watering. Three steps. Their story. Second step, your story. Third step, his story. Their story, your story, his story. See, the first thing is, the field is about their story. We know Jesus, when he was walking through the crowd, he saw Zacchaeus and he said, I'm going to go to this guy's house. I'm going to get to know his story before I tell him my story. And God's called you today to be a people who are inquiring about other people's journeys. So you need to know the field that you're planting. If I chop that yucca off where I come from in a little town called Esperance in WA, I guarantee it wouldn't grow because the soil is not fit to handle that kind of plant. So God wants you to, he wants to know, you to know that the, the field that you are about to plant in. He wants you to, to get into people's worlds and to go, what's your story? What's your journey? What have you been up to? What's your spiritual experience? He wants us to know people's story. See, and then we go, okay, well, what about the seed? Well, the seed is simply this. The seed is your testimony. The seed is you sharing what God has done in your life. The seed is you going, well, the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit is in my life. It says in, um, it says in uh, Peter, it says... Always be prepared to give an explanation for the hope that is in you. 
If you've got a hope in you, it's important that you ask the question of God, why do I have this hope in me? Why am I more patient this year than I was last year? Why am I, why am I more at peace? Why am I more loving than I was this time last year? We need to have an explanation of the hope that is in us. So you need to know your story so when the time comes that you can respond and tell people what God has done in your life. And let me tell you, each and every one of you if, you, are, if you are a believer, if you are part of a Christian community, God is at work in your life and he has already done amazing things that you're not aware of. So I challenge you when you leave this place, I challenge you, ask God the question, Lord, what have you done for me that I don't even know about? Ask the question. Take some risks. Repent. Do you know what I love about, about um, the Word of God? Is that no matter what I feel that's outside of the Word of God, there's an answer in it so that I can squash it. See, if I'm offended by you, that he's given me, he's given me the gift of forgiveness to forgive you. If I am offending you, he's given me the gift of repentance. I can't, I can't force you to forgive me. I can only repent. And it's as God does a work in you that I pray that you will forgive me. And then his story. See, sometimes people are aware. People are aware that, 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 that God is real, that God is at work. And sometimes we need to water those seeds. They know about Jesus. They know, and we need, to know, we need to know how we can speak into those lives. You know, when, when the Bible said, well, like we shared earlier, that he looked around, it says in Isaiah, it says he looked around and there was no intercessor. Who will be responsible here to share the ways of God? Who will be responsible here to share the solution of God to this person? I will be. You will be. See, it's as we, it's as we prepare the ground. See, he's called us to prepare the ground. How do you prepare the ground? You prepare it by investing in their life by by getting to know who they are how do we get to know god we read his word we pray we worship him we discover him by spending our time getting to know him this is what he's called us to do in our communities he's called us to prepare the ground by getting to know people he's called us to to go what is your story and he's also called us to plant seeds see the key thing with the seed with my little yucca plant, if I just put it on my deck without planting it, it doesn't grow. It might get one little sprout and then die. We have to plant the seed. See, the key thing with planting seeds is to be present. And it's no good you being present in the natural. You need to be present in Jesus' name. And when you're present in Jesus' name, you're planting seeds. When you know your story, it's not about... It's not about what I, what I have done, it's about what God has done in me. See, when you're sharing a testimony, if it's your story, it comes across as gloating. If it's what God has done through you, it's about glorifying his name. You see, what you're saying is you're saying, follow me, but only follow me as I follow Christ. I am nothing, he is everything. The only reason that I stand here today, the only reason that you have the goodness of him is by the grace of God. The beauty of his grace is it's not a grace to rest. We don't, we don't get saved, come to church and then rest for the rest of our lives. 
He's given us a grace to go on. He's given us a grace to plant seeds. It's a menial task, he says, but it's a task that he has given to each of us. And then he's saying, who will be responsible to deliver my word? He's saying, if you're going to water the seed, you need to get into his word. It compares, it says, wash, it says renew your mind by the, the washing of the word. We need to understand his word so that when the time comes to water seeds that are in people, we have been preparing our hearts by getting into his word, by being discipled ourselves. See, we put a challenge on you this year. It's trust in his salvation and obey his authority. Trust in his salvation is you making a commitment to discovering more of God every day so that he is your anchor. Obeying his authority is delivering those things in Jesus' name. It's going out and saying, I'm going to obey your authority. And your authority says, who will be responsible? I will. Their story, your story, his story. We need to know the field that we're working in. We need to know what God is doing and has done in our lives. And we need to know what he is capable of in everybody's lives. We need to be prepared. We need to prepare by knowing them. We need to be present in Jesus' name. And we need to be responsible with God's goodness to deliver. That's the challenge that we have. This is the key. This is the final stroke of your growth that God has called you to do. And people are going to say, Ah, oh, Scott. That's, I, I, I know everything about the Word of God and the Bible because of Scott. And, he, and then Scott says, no. I might have planted a seed, I may have watered, but it is God who has increased you, so glory to God. See, this is why he's called us to be a people who are humble. Because it's when we humble ourselves, we get to see the giver of life. And it's only through the giver of life that we get to walk in liberty and in confidence. It's the only way we can, we can obey his authority is if we're not walking in our name. Because if I'm walking in my name, not much happens. If I'm walking in his name, all things are possible. Why doesn't the band jump up? That'd be great. So imagine. Can you imagine if we took those three steps on for one week? Every person we met, can you imagine what would happen in this community if every person we met, we got to know their story? We shared our story. And we discovered his story together. See, there's a field out there. And he's called us to understand that field. He's called us to understand what he's done in our lives. Not just my life, not just your life, but our lives. And then he's called us to know what he is capable of. He's called us to be disciple. See, it's as we become disciples, as we learn and discover more of him, that we don't operate according to our experiences of yesterday. We operate according to the possibilities that we know God can do any day and every day. Can you imagine what would happen in three months if we got comfortable asking people about their story, about their spiritual journey. If we were confident of where God has been in our story and if we knew what he was capable of, can you just imagine? 
You know, today I want to, uh, I'd love to pray for a uh, spiritual receptivity, for a discernment. We know, those, we know that statement that gets, that's shared very often. Jesus says it. We hear it in Revelation when they're talking to the churches. He who has an ear, let him hear. He wants you to be receptive to what the Spirit is doing. He wants you to be like Jesus and go, look at all these people. I'm going to talk to that guy, Zacchaeus. This is one of the things I do before I step into, onto the platform, before I step into a meeting, before I go anywhere. I say, Lord, what are you doing? Simple as that. And then from that point, I just trust my instincts. Because if you ask God for something, he will deliver. So when you ask him and when you go in his name, from that point on, trust your instincts and walk in his name. And think about giving him glory. Think about what's your story? What's my story? What's his story? What needs to happen here? And then just imagine what could happen. Can you imagine a community that does these things. Greater things, Jesus says, that you will do in my name. Greater things will you do. Why don't you stand with me today? You know, he's called us to be fruitful. He's called us to make disciples. And if you want to agree with me today, if you want to agree with me and say, Lord, I, I want to step into this life. I want to step into, I want to become more spiritually receptive. I want to see what you're doing. I want to be able to trust my instincts. I want to be able to get to know people and share my story and know your story. Why don't you put your hand on your heart with me today? Father, for every heart that has a hand on it, Lord, Lord, I ask for an impartation, Lord, right now. An impartation of new sight. An impartation of new hearing. An impartation of repentance and forgiveness, Lord. Lord, we call upon you right now, Lord, and we give you permission to use these vessels as a conduit of your grace. We give you permission today, Father, to speak through our lips, to love through our hands. Father, we just thank you that you are the King of Kings. We thank you that that there is a grace upon us that is greater than our yesterday, that gives us a visibility into tomorrow, Lord. I thank you for fresh eyes, Lord, that we may see the Zacchaeus in the crowd, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you have called us, Father, to plant seeds, to water, Father, to know our field that we are in, Lord. And we thank you that you are the God of the increase, Lord. And we don't want to force an increase, Father. We don't want to convince people to know you, Father. We want people to be stirred up by your Spirit and that you would stir their hearts to know know you, Father. So we glorify your name. 